Let's pray as we get ready to uh, turn our attention to God's Word this morning. Father, as, as Robin prayed, I want to affirm, Lord, that we need you. We need you to uh, take this wonderful gift that you've given us of your Word, and you need to give us ears to hear, and minds to understand, and hearts to embrace and believe and uh, respond. Lord, we pray that you would be pleased uh, to, by your Spirit, accomplish good things in our lives today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a Bible, uh, please turn to Matthew chapter 5 as we continue in our series, He Said What? Based on the Sermon on the Mount. If you didn't bring a Bible with you or you don't have a Bible app on your smart device, there should be a Bible, an old-fashioned kind, with pages in the rack in front of you that you can use. And if you do not have a Bible of your own, uh, then I would encourage you to take that one with you, put your name in it, make it yours. Uh, We would love that to be our gift to you. Everybody ought to have a Bible. And if you're wondering why we make such a big deal about the Bible, uh, today's message should give you an answer for that. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 5 and looking beginning at verse 17, verses 17 through 20 of Matthew 5. There's a note sheet also in your folder. You can haul that out and take some notes. Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There is a lot we could talk about here, and we're going to save some of it for next week. But for now, I I want to begin with a question based on what Jesus says here. And the question is this, how seriously do you take the Bible? How seriously do you take the Bible? And I think that what do you believe about the Bible, or what do you say you believe? I mean, how seriously do you actually take it? How much time are you investing in learning about what it really teaches? And what do you do with what it really teaches? Do you, do you value it? Do you think about it? Do you make an effort to apply it to your life? And what do you do? What do you do when the Bible teaches something that goes against what your friends think? Or goes against what your teachers teach? Or what you see on television? 
what if the Bible teaches something that goes against what you yourself kind of grew up believing? And that which comes very naturally to you. What do you do? What if it teaches things that contradicts ideas and behaviors and policies that are promoted and embraced seemingly by our whole culture? What do you do with that? Whose point of view do you go with? Whose point of view do you really live by? I raise that question because if you care about Jesus, if you care about what he thinks, you're going to have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. You're going to have to decide how seriously you are going to take the Bible because Jesus is putting that issue right in our faces. (laughs) Somebody I recently read humorously suggested that instead of calling this section of Scripture the Sermon on the Mount, we should really call it Jesus getting in your face. (laughs) You know, people were amazed by the things Jesus said. And what was so amazing to them is when they heard him say this stuff, this, this was not light and fluffy stuff. This is not stuff that just you read and it just kind of makes you feel good and warm and fuzzy. This stuff is challenging. This stuff goes deep. This stuff forces you to think and it forces you to decide and make choices about things that you might rather prefer not to take a position on. Maybe you'd rather not make that decision. You know, like those opinion surveys that people are always doing. Have you ever filled out one of those? It's always amazing. Anytime you see one of those opinion surveys, one of the choices is always no opinion. Which I always find amazing on some things, you know. Do you like chocolate or not? You know, 80% say yes, 15 say no, and 5% have no opinion. How can you not have an opinion? <laughs> so if, you, if you've seen one of those surveys where no opinion is one of the options, I just want you to know this isn't one of those. This isn't one of those. Jesus has not given us the no opinion option here. We have to decide because he's in our face. And the in-your-face in issue that he is confronted, he confronts us with here, basically boils down to this. If you take Jesus seriously, you have to take the Bible seriously. If you take Jesus seriously, you have to take the Bible seriously. All of it. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to just go with the parts we like. You know, you've read your Bible, you find those verses that, wow, that's just so, that just makes me feel so good. That's just so neat. And then there are other parts you think, and you don't like those parts. And we don't get to choose. We don't get to pick. And we also don't get to say, well, you know, yeah, that's one opinion, but there are other opinions. 
No, not if we take Jesus seriously. Not if we don't. I mean the real Jesus who said these words. Let me show you why. Hey, let me show you why. Why, if we take Jesus seriously, we have to take the Bible seriously. Okay, first reason, because Jesus said he came to fulfill Scripture. He came to fulfill Scripture. Now, Jesus is speaking to Jewish people, people who believed that God had spoken and what he spoke had been written down for them. God had spoken his word through Moses, through the prophets, and was written down in what we call our Old Testaments. And Jesus here is affirming that belief. He's affirming it. God has spoken. And what God has spoken has been written down. And just in case anybody's wondering, hey, who's this Jesus guy? What, what, what is he saying? You know, uh, what does he think of the Bible? What does he think of Old Testament Scripture? I mean, is he teaching a whole new thing here? Is he coming and telling us to just throw our Hebrew Bibles in the trash? Are we just starting over? Jesus makes it absolutely clear. He's here to fulfill Scripture, not to abolish it. Now, when Jesus refers to the law and the prophets, or Torah and the prophets, that was a Jewish way of referring to the Hebrew Scriptures, basically what you've got in your Bible from Genesis through Malachi. That was the Bible they had. That was the Bible they believed to be God's written word. And Jesus is affirming that, and he's saying, I'm here, I'm here to fulfill that. (laughs) Which, if you stop and think about it, is a really outrageous thing to say. You know, to fulfill means to bring to its intended goal. So, Scripture has this this forward-looking, this, this uh, anticipation, this pointing towards something, and Jesus is saying, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to show you what the Bible really means. When I say Scripture says, that's what God really means. So trust me and listen to me and I will give you the Bible's fullest meaning. And and that's why people were, you know, freaked out. That's why they were so astonished uh, when Jesus finished speaking. You know, they looked at each other and said, did he really just say that? Did he really say that? Did he say that he came to fulfill God's word? And by the way, when I use the word Scripture, that's what Scripture means. It means God's Word written down. God's Word written down. When Paul says, for example, in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God or inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness... 
he's talking about by Scripture, he means the writings, the sacred writings, the Scriptures, the written down Word of God, basically the same written down books that we have in our Old Testaments. That is what is breathed out by God. That is what is inspired. You know, sometimes we talk about the authors being inspired, and that's fine. It's fine to talk like that, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the very words themselves, the writings. Jesus is saying, I came to fulfill those writings, which means we've got to take those writings seriously if we take Jesus seriously. See that? Make sense? Okay, reason number two, we've got to take the Bible seriously if we take Jesus seriously is because Jesus says all Scripture matters. All Scripture matters. Verse 18, Jesus says something amazing, remarkable. He says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, maybe you've heard somebody say it one time, you know, it's not really important that the words are inspired. What counts is the meaning. What counts is the big ideas, the the spiritual thoughts and so on. Okay, that's really not going to work because Jesus here is not only talking about the words, he's talking about the letters. Okay, and an iota, that's a Greek letter, but corresponds to what Jesus would have been referring to, the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the yod. So that's the smallest Hebrew letter. And then a dot or a stroke is actually a, just a part of a letter that distinguishes one letter from another. And so the point is that when it comes to Scripture... When it comes to God's written word, Jesus is saying, it all matters. Down to the smallest little detail, it matters. And it's the same point Paul made in 2 Timothy 3.16 when he says, all scripture is inspired by God. Not just some of it, all of it is. Now that doesn't mean all verses are equally important. Okay? Clearly, there are some verses that contain a higher concentration of truth than others. I think you can make a case, for example, that John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I think you make a case that that has greater importance than John, say, like 4.8, which says, For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. It's just part of a narrative, part of a, an account so I'd say John 3.16 has greater importance than John 4.8, but John 4.8 is still important. still matters. It matters. Things like genealogies, which we don't love to read, but those matter. You get into Exodus, and it's a great story until all of a sudden it starts talking about all the details of building this thing called the tabernacle. It's like a portable temple, and it goes into all this detail, and you think, what is this? That matters too. If it's Scripture, it matters. Even if its significance is not immediately obvious to us, it matters because in some way 
it is fulfilled in the person and work and teaching of Jesus Christ. Now, this might be a good point to raise the question, well, what about the New Testament? So far, we've only been talking about the Law and the Prophets, equivalent to Genesis through Malachi or Old Testaments. Well, I have time for a brief answer now, but here it is. Jesus taught that he gave us and his apostles would give us, his designated spokesmen, they would give us additional revelation from God. And when that revelation was given and written down, it became Scripture as much as the Old Testament of Scripture. Let me just show you just a, a few verses. We could look at lots, but we just can only have time for a few. Matthew twenty four thirty five. Okay, so that's the same book that Jesus said what he said here in Matthew 5. Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away. That sounds familiar. But my words will never pass away. So, so look what he's saying. He's saying his words are as important and as enduring as previously revealed Scripture. John fourteen twenty five. Jesus says this to his apostles, his chosen spokesmen. These things I have spoken to you while I am with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Now here's one of the apostles, the Apostle Paul, and he says, We also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. And one other, 2 Peter 3.15. The Apostle Peter now writing says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul, now that's the Apostle Paul, also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, now look at this, as they do the other scriptures. See what he does there? Peter puts Paul's writings on the same level as the other scriptures. Now, that's just to make the point that if it's scripture, it matters. All scripture matters. Jesus says that. Okay, third reason. If we're going to take Jesus seriously, we have to take the Bible seriously. And that's because Jesus says, everything scripture predicts will happen. Everything scripture predicts will happen. Verse 18, again, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. In other words, there, there is a goal. There is a plan. There is a purpose for what God has revealed to us in the Scriptures. There is this plan, and this plan will definitely happen. It will definitely come about. Now, think about what an amazing statement that is. And think about what that must mean. Think about what Jesus is saying about this scripture. It can only mean one thing. It can only mean that it's ultimately from God. You can't pick up any other book in the world, anything anybody has said and said, 
everything in this absolutely will happen. You can't say that. How can Jesus possibly say that? Because of what he believed Scripture was, which is it's ultimately from God. It's God's Word. And that means that as we're reading it, no matter how human it is, and it is human too, but no matter how human it is, no matter, you know, how much it reflects things like human grammar and human vocabulary and human interests, still, ultimately, what the human authors wrote is what God wanted written. What the human authors wrote is what God wanted written. That is the consistent claim of the Bible itself, and Jesus confirms that. He confirms it. Say, well, the Bible is not the Word of God just because it claims to be. No, but it does claim to be, and Jesus confirmed that claim by saying it will all be fulfilled. No part of Scripture will pass away. All of it will be accomplished. And one more reason for taking the Bible as seriously as we take Jesus. Because what you do with Scripture has eternal consequences. What you choose to do with the Bible has eternal consequences. Verses 19 and 20. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now my plan... Lord willing, is to focus on verse 20 next time, that last verse there. But but for now, can we just notice? Notice what a huge deal Jesus is making about what we do with Scripture. You see that? I mean, the least we could say is, this is not a trivial issue. This is not a trivial issue. What you do, please listen. What you do with the Bible is going to make a difference forever. This is so hard for us. This is so hard for us because the culture we live in just tends to trivialize everything. You know, it's so, it's so just live for the moment. You know, YOLO. You only live once. And how many times do we hear people say things, oh, don't take things so seriously. Just lighten up. Lighten up. You know, because of the culture we live in, we have trouble believing that anything we do today is going to matter tomorrow. Let alone a hundred years from now, or a thousand years from now, and yet Jesus is saying it does. It does. When he talks about not entering the kingdom of heaven or being called least in the kingdom of heaven he is trying to get our attention he is saying to us stop fooling around get serious you're gonna live forever now do you want that to be a good forever or do you want it to be a terrible forever
You've got to decide. You've got to choose. Life is short, but eternity is long. You ought to live like it. That's what he's saying. I mean, he's getting in our face. He's getting in our face for our own good. He wants us to take the Bible seriously because it really matters. It really matters. What you do with the Bible, I can, I can assure you this. I can assure you that what you do with the Bible will seriously affect the quality of your life today. I've been pastoring now for 25 years. I can guarantee you, if you choose to disregard this, this is going to affect the quality of your life. If you choose to embrace this and believe it and live by it, it will affect the quality of your life for good. But then way more important even than that, how you choose to respond to this will affect the quality of your eternity forever. This is serious. This book is massively important. And our culture has done just about everything it can do to diminish, to disregard, to tell us, don't you even think of taking that book seriously. And our culture is wrong. Because that is not what Jesus said. If we're going to take him seriously, we have to take the Bible seriously. And so the question for every one of us here today, every single one of us, same question, do I take the Bible seriously? What does that mean? Well, first of all, do I value it? You know, there's this There's a psalm that says, God, your word is more precious, more valuable than much fine gold. Is that my attitude toward the Bible? Am I happier that I have a Bible than that I have a bunch of gold? Am I doing what I can do to learn what it really teaches? Am I seeking to understand it and obey it as Jesus intends. Remember now, he said he came to fulfill it, which means all of Scripture must be understood and obeyed in light of who Jesus is and what he taught and what he accomplished on the cross and when he rose from the dead. Jesus is the key to the Bible. So that means we can't be foolish, right? We can't read in Leviticus and it's talking about these offerings and say, oh, I guess I got to go build an altar in my backyard and I guess I got to offer animals and whole burnt offerings. No, no, because Jesus has come and because the book of Hebrews instructs us that all of those sacrifices have been fulfilled in the once for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so the way we obey Leviticus we don't abolish it, we don't disregard it, but the way we understand it and the way we fulfill or obey it is by bringing our sin to Jesus as God's ultimate once and for all sacrifice and come to him as our great high priest because the scripture points to him. So it's not being foolish, but it is taking the Bible seriously. And are we doing that? Am I doing that? I mean, where, where are we getting the values and the priorities that we live by? 
You realize Scripture, as fulfilled by Jesus, has something to say about virtually every aspect of life? It really does. And we're going to see that as we go through the rest of the sermon, and Jesus gets in our faces about things like anger and forgiveness and sex and marriage and divorce and money and food. And so, for example, when what the Scripture teaches about sex is radically different from what our culture says about it, what are we going to do with that? Or what the Scripture says about marriage, what are we going to do with that? Or what the Scripture says about what we should do with our money, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to take the Bible seriously when it actually hits close to home? Well, we're going to take Jesus seriously. We really don't have any other choice. There is no pathway to true life and true joy apart from what God has revealed to us in his word. We just can't do what so many people seem to try to do, and that is disconnect believing in Jesus from believing the Bible. It can't be done legitimately. Now, people try to do that all the time. They, they sort of reimagine Jesus into something, someone all soft and cuddly who never disapproves of anybody as long as they're sincere. And so when the Bible says something hard, they think, well, you know, I believe in Jesus, so I don't, I don't believe that. I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want that. That's not legitimate. That Jesus is not the real Jesus. And that Jesus can't give you life because he doesn't exist. Jesus didn't come so we could escape God's truth. He came so we could experience God's truth in all of its fullness, in all of its life-giving fullness. So we've got to learn to understand it as Jesus intends us to understand it and then obey it. And so really our prayer needs to be, Lord, Help us hear what you say. Help us value what you say. Help us obey what you say. Because that is the way to life. That is the way to joy. Because that's what Jesus said. He really, really did. Let's pray. Let's think about this. Just want to encourage you and encourage myself to just stop and take a moment here silently and ask the question, how seriously am I taking the Bible? How hard am I trying to really get what it teaches and live that way? Seeing all of it fulfilled in Jesus, what he did, what he taught, what he accomplished. And if today you would say, no, I'm not taking it seriously enough, but I want to, I would just encourage you to pray and ask the Lord to help you and then take whatever steps you need to take. Make a plan. Start going to a group where the Bible is taught and talked about, thought through. 
Make a plan to read it. If your translation's too hard to understand, get one you can't understand. Make a plan. We just need to ask the Lord to help us. And if today you've walked in here today and you have no idea what I'm talking about because you've never really come to the place of putting your trust in Jesus, I just want you to know how glad I am you're here. And I would love to talk to you afterwards and try to answer any questions you have. But I would just say right now, just pray and ask the Lord to show you who he is, help you know him. So I'll give you a quiet moment and then I'll pray. Lord Jesus, you love us too much to ever tell us anything but the truth. And sometimes your truth is hard to hear. But Lord, you always intend that we would know life and joy. So help us hear you. Help us take what you say seriously. And because we take you seriously, take all of the wonderful word you've given us seriously. God, help us. There is no other way. We live in a culture where we are constantly told to not trust you. Help us not listen to those voices. Help us listen to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.